Ba, 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 ba. This is the GoPro Grom Quest brought to you by GoPro. I am your host, Brad Gavart. I want to preface this particular interview with a little bit of a caveat because when we did this interview with Mark Finnis, he was very much still a part of the Gas Gas Amateur Program and uh, he had not yet parted ways with that team. If you listen to the interview, you can probably tell that uh, things may have been on the outs a little bit at this time, as this was recorded, I believe, sometime in mid-September, uh, or at least shortly after uh, his performance at the final round of the SMX Finals. So, um, take take this interview with a grain of salt. This is a great opportunity to sort of get to know Mark a little bit, and uh, the method behind the madness that makes him so fast on a dirt bike. He's moving on from Gas Gas, but I know that he had a lot of great experiences there, and uh, he'll use that when uh, he lands with his new team and uh, goes after some more amateur championships, or maybe he's turning pro. Thanks for listening to the GoPro Grom Quest, and uh, yeah, enjoy the show. This is the Grom Report, brought to you by GoPro, here on the Verb Pod Network. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Verb Moto Grom Report. I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt. This episode is brought to you by the GoPro Grom Quest. If you got a youngin under the age of 18 and a GoPro, that's all you need to go make some cool content. And then you go to the website, upload your footage, and then possibly you might become part of the GoPro team, as well as winning some awesome prizes, which likely include more GoPros. Like I said, I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, a very special guest, number 105 in your program, likely number one in your hearts, especially if you happen to ride a gas gas. None other than Mark Finnis. <laughs> it's an audio podcast. Clearly didn't see you waving there, big guy. Oh, dang. <laughs> What's that? Awesome. Welcome to the show, my friend. I'm sure your heart rate is still just coming down. From this last weekend, riding at the L.A. Coliseum, one of the coolest events of the year, a historic site. Um, but, of course, we haven't raced there since you were, like, negative five years old. So, um, yeah, uh, brand new to you. But, uh, yeah, it must have been pretty neat. And, uh, yeah, you put in a damn good performance. Second eight bet. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. I don't really try to get too excited about, like, things about like uh, the backstories of the, like the the stadium it's like i'm going there just another supercross race no more added pressure just some more experience just a supercross track with tough blocks kind of just riding at club mx it's the same same feeling just have a little bit more riders and you have a gate drop but yes eight minutes plus one lap i i kept getting faster and faster because i'm i'm like a diesel engine i just keep keep going and i don't i don't really start off that that great especially on my my starts I was like eighth or ninth and try to tried to avoid the chaos track was a little bit muddy so it couldn't push very hard it was a it was it was a fun experience a little bit bummed out that I got second place because I got second place at the last futures event wanted to come out and win this one because you know I've got it's kind of do or die at this situation in this uh scenario because sponsors teams all that looking at me waiting for me to do something special so they can give other people something to be like, all right, this guy is, we can sign this guy. We can give him our money, our attention and 
give them a chance. Certainly. I think you're totally right about that. I think sometimes we, as the media, we sort of forget about uh, the fact that in order for you guys, like top level racers to be like form at your best, you almost need to completely forget about how historic certain venues are or the pressure of the moment. That stuff actually needs to leave your mind in order for you to just treat it like every other race, just like a practice day. Those are some of the mantras that a lot of guys will go off of so that they can just like calm themselves because yeah, obviously it's a really big event for you to be able to go out there, perform at your best. And uh, maybe if it had been, uh, maybe it had been a a full 20 minute moto, like the the pro classes were at, you might've been able to hunt down Drew Adams, but uh, all in all, a pretty successful season for you from tip to tail. Spring Nationals, Freestone went really well. We saw you uh, climb forward and, and get some good moto finishes there. And then same thing with uh, Loretta's. Maybe it didn't go all of the way you wanted it to, but you certainly showed some motos there where, like, Mark Finnis was a kid that uh, um, people needed to look out for. Yeah, I've always been on, like, the cusp of winning and staying there but like Loretta's Loretta's has never really gone super well for me the best I've ever done overall is second place and I've ever I've only ever gotten second place overall one time and I was on the in the mini senior one class when it was me and Romano going at it yeah I was like sitting 2-1 in the pro sport class and just mud motos water got sucked up into the engine bike quit on me I was I was able to get it off the track but like barely, but I knew if I just kept riding it, it would just completely destroy it and it would have been unsavable. So I wanted to at least save my engine and save some money. Yeah, certainly. And like, like I said, it's, it's been a kind of a banner year for you. Like hearing guys like uh, Daniel Blair speak so kindly of yourself throughout the year, like watching you progress, obviously he sees a lot in you and, and uh, probably has a little bit of a watchful eye over you and your program. Of course, you being part of that whole program. Um, how much does it affect you or how much confidence does that give you to have guys who have been around the sport for so long, see what you bring to the table and say, hey, this kid is not only good right now, but there's more in the tank and he, and he, can, he can take it further. Well, it only it's it's only going to give me confidence if I can back up what they're saying about me. True. It's like, but Dan Daniel is one of the few people that have seen how much work I put in in the gym, on the bike, off the bike, like doing like studies on ice baths and like the benefits of saunas and all, like get really technical with like the benefits of things and trying to really improve my program. Getting special socks so I don't get uh big blisters on the bottom of my feet when I run eight miles okay. uh, every Wednesday it yeah him and Brandon Haas from Club MX he I've been in and out of Club MX for about six years now okay. we haven't stayed there consistently like throughout like an entire year because kind of get hurt I've been hurt quite a few times in past years but yeah he's definitely a person that has seen what I can do and how much effort I put into things same with Justin Brayton, because he was uh he's been at Club MX for a long time, and he says that he's seen me coming in, come in and out of Club MX for a few years, and even when it's uh people's days off, I'm still out there training, and I'm he sees me going to the gym like late in the day at like six, eight o'clock at night, just trying to get an extra workout in. That's awesome. So uh, I also noticed on your social media that uh, a guy who 
he, this, you might have had the best, maybe aside from maybe Chad Reed, um, whoop instructor under the sun. Like there, there's very few people, uh, who approach a set of whoops, uh, as confidently and with such great technique as Justin Brayton. Uh, what were you able to sort of uh, pull off of him? I, I, I would imagine that you probably got a lot of progression in a very short period of time working with JB10. Yeah. Uh, the first thing he, well, I didn't even know he was going to start training me. Uh, we were in the, a warm up session and he passed me in the whoops. Like it was like seven, eight laps into our warm up and he passed me in the whoops. And then I checked up because I was on the inside or coming in the next corner. And then he didn't even look at me. He just threw up his hand and waved me like to come closer to him. And he started telling me, all right, do this, do that. I'm going to watch you. I'm going to sit by the whoops and watch you go through it a few times and I'm going to instruct you. And the first thing he had me do was switch from two fingers on the clutch and two fingers on the brake to one finger on each levers and have it on okay. the, all the time. Index or middle? Index. Index okay. finger. Okay. All right. And it was, it was weird. Like my, my hands were cramping up and I, I hit the, we made so much progress in one day because I hit the whoops 60 something odd times. Holy. And I went from skipping one or two whoops here and there and coming in really slow to coming in like fourth gear, dang near wide open. I was hitting them like good. And I ate, I ate it like four or five times, but I got back up, fixed my handlebars, hit them again, straight. I got straight back at it. And he's just sit, like sitting there watching me. He's just like, like, wow. It's like you keep you keep hitting the ground and you just get back up and you just keep doing it. And I'm like, well, yeah. Why wouldn't I? Why I'm here. I want I want I want to be I want to be better. That, that's yeah, like you said. That's why that's why I am here. Awesome. So uh, when you're at a place like club, uh, are you doing a lot of your own bike work uh, on top of riding and all that stuff, or, or how does that work as far as that program? Uh, no, I'm fortunate enough to. Well, my, my dad was my mechanic for a very long time and we're fortunate enough to have the money to hire a mechanic. So we're, we're still trying to find the right one that we can have like long term because we've had quite a few and they're just not like quite the right fit for us. There's a few things wrong here and there with them, but yeah, it's, it's been a struggle trying to find someone that can do what my dad has done because in my opinion, might be a bit biased, but he's one of the best mechanics out there. Like my, I, I don't have bike issues. Fair enough. Well, those, those are our big shoes to fill. Uh, and, and it's, it's tough to find good help at times, but, um, like I, I think that even later down the road, when you look at, look back at a, at a day like that, sitting down or not even sitting down, working with Justin Brayton and like sort of an impromptu training session where you were able to uh, basically make leaps and bounds as far as your, uh, progression, that is going to be a really cool moment that you're able to look back on for the rest of your life. I think that that is without, without a doubt, uh, the case. Um, and, and training at a place like club, um, like there's just, there's so many people around that, uh, that facility that they, they, like, I can tell that you're a product of that facility is like guy, guys like Alex Martin, guys like Jeremy Martin, guys like, uh, Phil Nicoletti, like they these guys, they're, they, they enjoy life, but they take their training and their motocross seriously and it seems like that has rubbed off on you as well um there is a balance of of training too much and stuff like that but 
Um, I would, I would rather overtrain than undertrain as far as like my commitment to it. And I think, um, you, you seem to be, uh, maybe, uh, kind of skirting that line as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Over undertraining is something that I just, I can't live with myself knowing that I didn't give 110% that day in everything that I did on the bike, off the bike, like in the gym. And I don't, really do much else besides do what I need to do. Like I wake up in the morning and I make myself breakfast, do some stretches, do some warm ups, get dressed, ride for however long, eat in between, get some food, go work out, come back, well, work out, ice bath, stretch, uh, come back, eat. And then I do another light workout uh, at night, like at seven, eight o'clock. And then that's, that's, that's all I do for the day. And then I don't, I don't really hang out. I kind of keep to myself because like I'll, I'm, I'm real friendly with like if we're, if I'm, uh, we're in the gym mm-hmm. and I'll be real friendly with the guys there. Everyone at clubs really super nice, super friendly, very approachable. And when we're training, I'm very, I'm somewhat talkative. I'm really locked in. So is everyone else. Yeah. It's, it's pretty serious. They're really structured. They stick to a plan and they, they don't, veer from it very often unless it unless it rains then we're on a on the sand track fair enough sand track well either way sounds like you're uh captain serious and you like it that way that's good it's a good uh approach to have especially when you're on the serious business of becoming a professional motocross racer that's not an easy task whatsoever there's maybe a hundred jobs under the under the sun that you can actually say that, that that's what you do for a living um and do it for a long period of time um when it comes to like you mentioned the the ice baths a couple of times now, you seem like a kid who's done a little bit of research, watched some YouTube videos, even read some literature as to the benefits of that. Um, how long has that been part of your program, and how do you feel like it gives you a little bit of an edge? For about a year now, I've been taking ice baths. Well, for the past like it's gotten really big and implemented into my program over the past seven months. I've been taking an I unless I'm not at Clubmex, I've been taking an ice bath every single day, even on weekends, every day. And it has it's it does benefit like you recover quicker and it's like but it's more of a mental thing because it it sucks. It hurts. It's it's just it's pain. And if you can do like willingly get into that and just like like go in one, two, three, get in, dunk under, and it's it's definitely a big mental building point that you can impl- uh, implement into your programs it's it's a big help same with the sauna like i crank that thing up to like 180 something degrees i go like almost die in there i do like an ab workout in there uh-huh. i have to take my i have to take my jewelry off or my necklace off because it, it gets so hot it'll it'll burn my skin and i can't breathe in very heavy uh very yeah. deeply because it feels like my throat is gonna like catch on fire so you have to take little baby breaths got to modulate your breathing and you're Ooh. trying to do that while doing a little workout in there and then you go hop in the ice bath and it sometimes i kind of overdo it and i i, I found like a, a happy meeting with it but when i first started i overdid it a bit and i'd get an ice bath and i'd almost like pass out like everything would start spinning going from really hot to really cold but it yeah. felt it felt great afterwards like you get out of the ice bath and it's like you feel like a new person it's it's it's, I don't know why people don't do them more. It's like, yeah, it hurts a lot. And then once you get out, it's like, oh, I feel great. It's like I had my uh, my mechanic do it, uh-huh. and he was, like, yelling and stuff. It was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. 
And I'm like, no, nah, just stay in there for five minutes. You'll be all right. And he's like squirming and stuff. No, just stay, just stay still. And then once he got out, he was like, oh my gosh, I feel great. And I'm like, yeah. And then he started taking ice baths more often. Like whenever I would go, he was like, hey, are you going to go work out on ice baths? And I go, yeah. And he'd come tag along with me if he didn't have some bike work and stuff. And it was, it was really cool. No doubt, man. Well, I think what you, you just sort of described is, um, the, what happens when you work at anything for a certain amount of time is you create what's called a new normal is like nobody like say like for, for me to go to a track and, and try and keep up to Mark Finnis. Well, that's, that's not practical because like you don't just turn the light switch on and just hold the throttle wide open and be able to do all the things that you do. Like it's, it's incrementally doing the right things over and over and over again. And those things are adding up to creating that speed and, and whether like the first time you, you jump into an ice bath sucks exponentially more than the hundredth time that you do it. But you also like, in order to have that feeling at the hundredth time, you have to go through number 10, you got to do through number 20, you got to do 50, 75, all of those experiences and be able to sort of create that, uh, like the, like the first time you go to the gym, you're like, you walk out of there, you're like, holy crap. It's just like, like, why, why do people keep doing this? Like, how do, how am I going to keep, doing that but eventually you almost kind of get a little bit of a sadistic enjoyment out of it it's like you're kicking your own ass you're like that is awesome i absolutely love it and i, I tell, tell uh, my girlfriend all the time she's like i don't know like, like, like why do you hit the gym every day i'm like i love it i've literally never in my life gone to the gym walked out and be like man i wish i didn't do that never regret a single workout it just, it's just that feeling that you get afterwards that is just the highest of all highs and same thing with going fast on a dirt bike especially when you're as fast as a guy like yourself so uh, yeah, you're preaching to the choir, man. And, uh, honestly, like when it, like you kind of mentioned that, like, yeah, like at the beginning, it almost like went too far. Well, how do you know what's too far unless you go really close? Like you, like you just fly a little bit close, too close to the sun. You know what I mean? Like, uh, how do you know how fast you can, you know, hit, hit, hit a corner until you've almost hit it so fast the front end blows out? Like you, you, gotta, you gotta find that edge. Yeah. And, you, you gotta, you gotta fail a few times to actually yes, sir. know yeah. what the what the fine line is you got you got to fail in order gotta, to do you what you've never done in order to achieve things you've never achieved you got to do things you've never done and yes. and that is uh that is a quote from denzel washington it's something that uh, i'll probably have uh up on the wall here somewhere uh when i finish off my uh, my home office but uh i think yeah that you you're certainly cut from that cloth as well who uh, who are your mentors? What who are you, the people that you look up to that uh, kind of motivate you and, and give you like a good example as to how to live your life? Oh, I bet your dad's on that list. My dad, with a lot of things, like he's 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 a businessman. He handles everything very sophisticatedly. Sophisticatedly, that might not be a word. I can't. I might not have said it right. But he's very he's very businessy he handles everything like a businessman everything is a business deal to him and i think that is very good in most cases but in others it's not but yeah my dad my dad's a big one david goggins everyone that rides a dirt bike probably knows who david goggins is yes sir can't hurt me uh, a lot of the 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 bodybuilders uh tom platts you know who that okay. is yeah tom platts you gonna have big legs like tom platts one day or what he, I did, I did one of his workouts. I was out for a week. I was out for a week. Yeah. I couldn't even, I couldn't even sit down on the toilet with, on my own. I'd have to hold onto the sink. I, it was so bad. I was in, I was in the gym for like two hours, like going, having every set 
go till failure mm-hmm. was disgusting. And that yeah. you've got, it's good for the mindset because if you just take everything that far, if you take it that far in the gym, it'll leak over into your everyday life. You would just give everything and leave nothing on the table. And, uh, Kevin Lavroni, he's, he's a bot, he's a bodybuilder. Yeah. And he's, he's, I really like him. Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. buddy. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Those, those guys are, I, I look up to them quite a bit and try to implement what they do into my own life and try to listen to as much as they say. Like I try to listen to them a lot. And it, yeah. I love if, it. If, if you listen to people that have done it and have suffered, then you will, you'll make it. You'll, you'll go far. Hey, yeah, I'm preaching to the choir, man. That is exactly it. Like, uh, um, yeah, the, the guys you just named, all guys who have stood on the, the Olympia stage, um, obviously like Cutler and, uh, Coleman both won it. Uh, I don't know if Pat, Tom Platt ever won the Olympia, but I think he was down Tom close. Platt, he won Mr. Universe, I believe. That's right. Okay. Fair enough. But, uh, I think there's like some people they can, like, you can, you can say whatever they want to say about uh, bodybuilding and, and what it looks like or this, that, and the other thing. But what I see when I see bodybuilding is I see discipline because those guys eat when you don't want to eat anymore. Those, those yeah. guys lift when you don't want to lift anymore. And it's, it's very strict regimented, um, like whether it's like running through full range of motion, certain lifting techniques, like they are, they live with regiment. Like I remember there was a story where, um, Jay Cutler would wake up at three o'clock in the morning to make a huge protein shake in order to be able to get in the amount of calories. And also while you were talking, I also sort of was like adding it up. I'm like, how the hell does this kid afford to eat? Because you probably burn like between five and 6,000 calories a day. Easy. Um, like, yeah, like seriously, uh, you got, you got to be up there, dude. Like, I don't know if you track your calories, but that's gotta be up upwards of 4,000. When, uh, I adjusted my, uh, diet, my yeah. diet was not, not very good for the longest time. Cause I, I didn't know what was good, what wasn't. And you, you go, the, the dieting thing, it's a rabbit hole and it goes forever. Oh yeah. So you can go down that and find yourself and it contradicts itself. Over, overthinking everything. But I, I spent a good month tracking everything and adjusting a bunch of what I eat and a right, the right amount of calories and with like protein and stuff. And it's like the thing about protein, your body can only take in so much protein exactly. until it just like just stops just, taking yeah. it in. It just throws it out. That that's what like protein poops are about. <laughs> that, that that's what is that's what happens. Hundred percent. And in the morning when I make myself, I hate I hate eating breakfast. I cannot eat breakfast, but I do. I make I wake up in the morning. I w- I make myself four four over easy eggs with a, a big plate of steamed rice, and I throw that over it. Salt, pepper, a little bit of hot sauce to spice things up a little bit and I force feed myself every morning and I eat about I I wake up at about 155 okay. and then by the time I'm done eating I weigh about 157 157 and a half and then by the day is done I weigh about 154 155 mm-hmm. and then by the time I'm done eating dinner like I eat when I eat dinner I eat a lot I weigh about 160 yeah. about, about okay 160. yeah I was gonna say you probably put like uh like yeah, you probably put away a lot of food, especially in the evening. Like yeah. it's hard, honestly. One of the hardest things about eating while you're training, especially as much as you are, is you're doing a lot of anaerobic things, is like feel like having heavy meal. Like you have to eat frequently 
or you have to work out or train when you've just recently eaten. I can't stand training. If like, say if I, if I, if I ate something heavy, I cannot go run or go to the gym. Like I, I need to have that space. Um, so like working out or training when you still, when you have that feeling would be probably one of the hardest things for you. Yeah. I, whenever I would do all my big meals before, like, and like hour two before, so it can digest and after, but like I snack throughout the entire, like the entire day, fruits, vegetables, frozen fruits, frozen, frozen strawberries, frozen blueberries, blackberries. I love frozen fruits. It's like, it's like candy to me. Okay. And yeah, you got definitely have to modulate how much you take in on in certain times because if you eat a lot right before you go out, you're gonna have a upset coming, and it's not well, gonna not gonna. Well, be yeah, upset. like when when you work out with a full stomach, uh, like the 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 body's funny that way. Is when if you have a full stomach and then you immediately try and do something athletic, the body will immediately okay. What's the most important thing right now is to actually direct blood and attention to the task at hand, not the digestion that we're the digesting that we need to get done. And, and that's why you get an upset stomach is essentially the, the attention and the energy needed to do that, carry, carry out that task is not being done. And that's why we feel the way we do while we're uh, trying to work out on a full stomach. Same reason that the whole, that's the, that's the whole idea behind that. Don't swim an hour after eating or something like, along those lines, you're going to mm-hmm. cramp up. Um, but that's super, super interesting, man. Um, like the fact that you have a, a good well of knowledge, I can tell you, you've either done some reading or done some, uh, like, I, I don't know what kind of learner you are, but sometimes you need to be visual, uh, watch YouTube or whichever. Um, but that, it's interesting to see that you've actually done, uh, your own research on that stuff and, and sort of, uh, like done some, some research on what's going to make you a better athlete down the way. That's good. Yeah. You kind of, it got to the point where like it, there, there comes a day and, most every person's life where you just get sick and tired of being average. It's like, I would, I'd wake up, I'd look in the mirror and be like, dang, I don't like what I see. I don't like the way I look. I don't like what I'm doing throughout the day. I don't like what I'm eating. I don't feel good. It just, there just comes a day where it just, it's, it's not enough. And you make that next step and you got to do some research. You can't just go into it blind and, I had some good people at Club MX. There's a nutritionist at Club MX that helped me out a lot. Brandon Haas is big into nutrition. Yeah, he, yeah. There just there comes a day. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, um, before I let you go here on the Verb Mono broadcast, the 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 Grom the Grom report, as uh, mm-hmm. you so nicely uh, laid out for me before we hit record on this guy, is <laughs> uh, like race results are one thing. Uh, the, the training and the progression is another. What is it like? What, what was, what's a message that you would want to convey to those who might want to become a Mark Finnis fan or someone who might want to support Mark, Mark Finnis for on the sponsorship side of things that they're not seeing on race day? A message? Oh, I've been, I've been, I've, yeah, I've been asked this quite a few times and I've never been able to give people like an answer and it's I don't know you got you got to give some blood you you got to you got to give some blood you got to give some sweat some tears there's gonna there's gonna be some hard times I've definitely had a few you just gotta be able to bounce back it's like it 
falling down sucks, but everyone's going to judge you on how well you get back up. It's like you may, you may wad it up, break, break your arm. No, no one really cares about that. People care about how good you rebound. That, that is probably one of the most important things is getting, getting your get back. That, that's probably what I'd say. <laughs> that's may exactly not be, it, man. Yeah. May not be what people want to hear, but hey, that, that's what I got to say. Awesome, man. Well, uh, sounds like you're not uh, afraid to put in the work out there on and off the track. Mark Finnis, uh, and thank you for finally getting, getting to the bottom as to how to pronounce your last name. Uh, there's been yes. Phineas, there's been Finnis thrown around out there. We finally today mark the calendar, the 25th, I think, of September 2000 and, uh, yeah, 25th of 2023. Mark Finnis here on the Verb Mono broadcast. Thank you so much for making some time for us. I know you got a ton of awesome sponsors. One of them is on your hat right now. Uh, you are a gas gas athlete. Give those supporters some love for me. And next time we talk, we'll probably have a longer list of things. Yeah, definitely my mom and dad. Big, obviously my biggest supporters, my mom and dad. Da- Daniel Blair, Brandon Haas from Club MX, the whole Club MX crew, real great group out there. Fly racing. I've worn fly gear my entire career. Real, awesome. real special, uh, people to me. And shout out to JT. <laughs> Mark and Jeremy from AEO, real, really big help. They constantly like are in contact with me, asking me, "Hey, how's this? How's that? How can we make it better?" Real great people over in the at AEO, uh, FMF, Dunlop, Links Motor, uh, not Links Motors. I'm not on a two-stroke anymore. Uh, but if you were, motor. you'd run on Links Motor. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Link, Links Motors was real, is best two-stroke motors I've ridden. Yeah, awesome. twi- twisted, twisted motors and every, everybody else that my friends from back home, they real big support for me. I, I call them once, twice, three times a day just to, they check up on me. Real big, real big support from back home in Indiana and Illinois. Fair enough. Well, uh, you're after this, you're going to have to send me your uh, mailing address. I think we need to get you on that. Uh, heartbeat hot sauce, uh, program. Cause if you're throwing some hot sauce in the breakfast, uh, maybe a few shout outs to heartbeat hot sauce might uh, go a long way. Um, Mark Finnis on the Verb Moto broadcast. This is the Grom Report. Appreciate you coming on today, bud. Thanks. See you guys. Hey, there we have it, guys. My interview with Mark Finnis here on the GoPro Grom Report. Make sure that you are entering into the Grom Quest. On GoPro.com, unbelievable program. Make sure you're part of the GoPro team and possibly get yourself some really cool prizes. Like I said, we're going to put the link to how to enter in the show notes for this episode, whether you find us on iTunes or Spotify. Enter, maybe you win some awesome stuff, and uh, you'll have some fun doing it in the process. Thanks for listening to this episode. Talk to you later. All right, there you have it, guys. My interview with Mark Finnis. Honestly, I don't know if that guy works out just enough or maybe a little bit too much. That guy has some serious drive and uh, hopefully listening to this, maybe you got some drive of your own to go out and get yourself a GoPro mounted on your helmet, log some laps, at least check out what you're doing out there or have some cool content to be able to post to the Grom Quest um, and tell them you heard about it here on the Grom Report. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Mark is, is obviously an extremely j- driven individual. Uh, I wish you guys would have watched the audio component or the video component to this because the intensity in Mark's eyes is honestly something that uh, uh, it's inspiring and maybe a little bit scary. Anyway, you guys have yourself a great rest of your day. Check out the rest of the Verb Moto podcast, whether it's Winner's Take Y'all, Squad Pod, anything else in between, even the vanilla even the vanilla broadcast. Go check that out as well. And everything that Verb is doing, including on YouTube, where you can follow along and there's a ton of great content on there, including if you're a moto nerd like me and want to dig into the archives a little bit. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have yourself a great rest of your day.